Welcome to the Food Freedom Habit Podcast, where you can find freedom from food crazies using nothing but your own brain. With me, Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach. Would you like permanent food and body peace without tracking one trigger or calorie? Whether you're dealing with overeating, binge eating, bulimia, food obsession, body hate, or the endless diet cycle, we do all this without delving into past trauma, starting yet another food plan, or monitoring every meal. Live a free life aligned with your health and values. If you're ready for something real, you're in the right place. All episodes are 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hello, 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 hello. This is Lydia, the lifestyle coach, and we are ending eating disorders using nothing but your brain. And we are talking about binge eating and overeating and bulimia. We are talking about the binge restrict cycle and emotional eating and being a chocoholic and being a sugar addict and being a compulsive eater and the food obsession, the body hate, like all of the things that come along with this distorted relationship with food. That is what we are talking about here. And we are going to launch in today about something really important, which is the the mentality of this diet culture, the mentality of how a lot of us think about food and how that's actually a huge part of the problem of why we stay stuck in this cycle. And we're going to talk about the feeling of hustling for your food, the feeling of needing to earn every bite that you take and having to make up for all the bites that you take and how that's actually part of the problem. It's part of the cycle. The things that we try to do to control and manage our food actually make our relationship with food more distorted and drive up our cravings and teach our bodies to gain weight. That's right. The things that we do, that we hustle, that we work, that we put so much effort into trying to manage our weight actually teach our body to gain weight, teaches our bodies to drive up cravings, teaches our bodies to have insatiable hunger where you can be physically in pain because you've eaten so much and still feel hunger pangs and still feel so unsatisfied. Like, and we do that by our behavior and we don't even know that we're doing it. In fact, we think that we're going to be doing the opposite. This will help and this is actually hurting. And so that's why it's so important to be knowledgeable and educated about these things and why we're speaking the truth because it's like, it's been literally thousands of people over the years that we have helped to discover this truth and to be to not have an eating disorder anymore. Like we specialize in helping people who have struggled for over 40 years with this problem. And we have people who come to us, they've struggled for much less time and much more time, right? Some people have literally struggled for 65 years with this problem. But the point is, is that it doesn't matter how many times you put a label on something. Oh, you're a binge eater. Oh, you're an emotional eater. Oh, you're using this for coping. Whatever language you put on it, whatever stamp you put on it, when you practice the principles that fix the problem so that you don't have the behavior anymore, so you don't have the urges anymore, you don't have the compulsions anymore, and you know exactly how you ended those and that you'll never have them again, then you don't have the problem anymore. And whatever you were labeled before, right, doesn't matter (laughs) if the problem is fixed and you don't have the problem anymore. And that's what we're talking about here. Um, big thing that we get asked is like, wow, like why don't more people know about you? Like I've literally done everything. I've done a hundred diets and I've done gastric bypass and I've done like 25 years of therapy and like nothing has ever worked. And this worked. Like, why don't more people know about you? We literally know how to end eating disorders. We could 
end eating disorders on the planet. Like we have the experience and the know-how and like it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of examples of that. But it's just about like having more people know about it. That's what that's what happens with something that's like cutting edge or something that works. It's like more people just need to know about it. And yeah, we don't have the $66 billion diet industries like budget to just put this message in front of everyone, but you're here and you can share it with people and you can think about people who need this and people who you love and the people that they love. And then you can spread that word. So let's get to it, you guys. I'm super excited to talk about this concept of the feeling that we need to hustle for our food, the feeling that you you have to earn everything that you're eating. You have to make up for the, the sin, the badness of eating that unless you're, it, of course, like if you don't eat, then you die. And so it's this puzzle of, well, I have to figure out how to eat so I don't die, but how to eat in a way that I'm still getting smaller and smaller and smaller because what would be, and this is an this is a thought that is core to so many of us and we've been there. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it okay. But this idea of, well, it would be better to be dead than to be fat. That's what our society teaches us. And with that, well, then it better be that every single bite that you eat, the, the, the aim is thinness. The aim is to lose the weight. Like that is where your worth is measured. And that's absolutely not okay. But it's still the driving concept that is really turning into our behavior and our thoughts. And so the more you can have awareness of these things, then the more you can fix the problem and get the help that you need to fix the problem because you have awareness. So language is important. Language lets us know what we think, what we believe. And when you listen to your own language, then it's really a key into seeing what's there. What is the underlying belief? What is the the knowledge or wisdom, even if it's completely wrong, that has been passed on to you either by society or whoever else. So think of the language of going on a hike, of working out, of doing something extra that day. Maybe you ran a race that day. Maybe you were you know, running around with the kids all day. Maybe you went for an extra long run and then you eat something and you need to justify it to yourself. You say, oh, I, I earned this. I earned this. Oh, totally earned this. Like we did more today. I earned this. Notice the transactional language there. This is something that I needed to earn. I, I spent more calories and so I earned this back. I did the work and so I earned this. Isn't that interesting? I deserve this. We'll eat food, the thing that we as human beings need to do to stay alive. And we'll use the language of like, Oh, I, I deserve this. Maybe not to others, but to ourselves. Like, well, I, I deserve this. I'm sad. I need to have a reason. I'm sad, so I deserve dessert. I've had a really hard day. I deserve dessert. I've, you know, done extra well, extra good today. You stand in front of a piece of food and you're spending so much time just spinning round and round in your head, bargaining and justifying why you can have it. Well, I can have this because I'm going to go on an extra long 
run tomorrow. Well, I can have this because I didn't eat all of my calories earlier today. Well, I can have this because I'm totally going to make up for it. Well, I can have this because I just need to get it out of the house and then I'm not going to have it anymore. Like, won't that be such a good thing? Won't it be such a good thing to get it out of the house so I never have it again? Like, oh, well, I should be able to have this because I'm going to start my diet tomorrow and I'm not going to have this anymore. And because I'm not going to have this anymore, then I'm, I'm, I can earn it now. Who are you bargaining with? Who are you trying to justify that to, that you earn having the food in front of you? Why is it that we have to think of all of the reasons and make a case for eating food, fueling our bodies, having a dessert, eating the food that everyone else in our family is eating? Why are we spending so much of our time and our mental energy just wasting it on bargaining and bargaining and bargaining and justifying? And not just before we eat the food, it's after we eat the food as well. It's for the rest of the day saying like, oh, well, you know, I, I ate too heavy of a breakfast and I had a second serving, so I'm going to make up for it here. I'm not going to eat as much lunch. I'm going to skip lunch. And then, you know what, I'm not going to have carbs at dinner and I'm not going to have any carbs after seven. And so we're not only having all of this mental energy of justifying what we're going to eat, but we're having to justify everything that we did eat. And it's this constant bargaining of trying to keep everything even, trying to keep ourselves out of this, out of this debt, the debt to society, the debt of our sins of eating food. Like those are the things that take up so much of our mental energy. And then when you think of it in these transactional terms, that we're bargaining with food, we're having to hustle for our food, we're having to earn it, then there are the times where you take way more than you earned. It is unjustified. You binged. You overate. You just ate thousands more calories than you earned or you deserved or were allotted to you or you planned or were justified for you, were allowed. And now, now you are in deep debt because you took so much more than you earned. And in more and more debt and just that feeling of captivity, think of the language that we use around dieting. This is my cheat day. This is my cheat day. This is my cheat meal. Oh, I'm going to cheat a little. Oh, you know what? That looks so delicious. I'll just need to cheat. The very thought of cheating is you're taking something that you didn't earn. You're taking something that you don't deserve. You are getting something in a way that is not justified. You are doing something outside of what you are allowed. You are breaking rules. You are cheating. But unlike maybe some cheating in real life, right? It's like, oh, I cheated in this board game and I got an advantage. And as long as nobody knows, I'm ahead. No, everybody knows. You know, it's a visible issue. So although you're cheating right now, and I'll put that in quotes, like, even though you are cheating, it's the this, this stealing and the cheating, the extra calories, the dessert that you are taking, the thing that you are not allowed to have that you have, even though you're calling it cheating, you're still in debt for it. It's not something that you get away with. You're taking something that isn't yours, you're having something that you shouldn't have, and you still need to pay it all back. All those dues are still due. It's still something that you're in debt with. And if not, if you don't pay all of that debt back, just look at this transactional, 
like mentality, right? If you don't pay all that debt back, if you don't make up for and justify every single calorie that you eat, then you will carry that debt with you on your body. And we, we see that debt in, in fat, in weight, in size. We see ourselves as, wow, everyone can see how much I've cheated. Everyone can see how in debt I am. We think of the fat on our bodies as a symbol of the overspending and the deep debt and all of the things that we had that we shouldn't have and everyone can see it. And that's why we isolate and that's why we hide and that's why we feel embarrassed and that's why we feel shame because we walk into a room and we feel like everyone is seeing that as a person that is so out of control. They just spent and they spent and they took and they took things that weren't theirs and they had things they shouldn't have had. What, what gluttonous, like spending, right? Taking of the calories that you shouldn't have eaten. Because if the idea is, is that if you're not already thin, then everything that you do should be to, be, to become thin. And we have this awful feeling that if we aren't thin, then it means that it's obvious to everyone that we're not doing what we're supposed to. Because we ate and we ate when we shouldn't have. When we should have been trying to be thinner, we actually ate in a way that made us bigger. And that debt is carried around with us. And then the pressure is on to pay off that debt, right? You have overspent, you have overdone, you have a spending problem, everyone can see it. And so then the pressure is on of any means necessary. Sure, these diet pills are going to be bad for my heart, but maybe it won't happen to me. Yes, I understand there could be permanent damage here, but you know, maybe it won't happen to me. I understand that every any time that I throw up my food that my heart can stop instant death in three different ways, but maybe it won't happen to me this time. And wouldn't it be better? This is the idea that comes into our mind. This is the idea that society gives us. Wouldn't it be better to do something dangerous to try to pay off this debt, to try to make up for this horrible sin of eating more than I should have, of cheating more than I should have? Wouldn't it be better to try to make up for that? Even if it risks my life, because the number one aim is to do everything that I can to be thinner so that I can be thin, so that I can earn my keep, because it's not just hustling for food. It's hustling for worthiness. It's hustling for good enough. It's hustling for privilege. Like, because women's bodies are so judged by their size and there's all of this stigma and idea around the, the evil of eating and that if you're in control, it means that you're not eating. Like, so it means so much that it turns into, I just need to like hustle not only for my food, but I'm hustling for my worth hustling for my worth as well. And so then we play these games with ourselves. Going back to this transactional way we think of food, we play these games with ourselves of, well, I, I need to hit a certain number, right? So if I have any more calories, then I need to justify them, right? I have to hustle as in like, I need to work out more, or I need to eat less, or I need to, if I'm going to have this, I have to make up for it somehow. It comes in the form of, well, I'm going out to dinner with friends later, so I'm not going to eat breakfast or lunch. Um, or I'm going to a party or it's my little girl's birthday today. Well, then I need to make up for it and not eat this and not eat that because we're trying to hit this number. And then whether it's a certain calorie number or whether it's like the ultimate golden standard of being at zero, right? Like I 
earned, because think of it with the, the financial model that we think of it. If you spent as much as you earned, then you're at zero. Oh, great. I'm not in debt. If you spent more than you earned, well, now you're in debt. And so we try to be at zero. We try to say, I am going to only eat the food that I earned. And that is only this. These are the amount of calories that I spend in a day. And I'm going to stay at zero. I'm going to stay at zero. And the best days is when you're even past that zero mark where, wow, you actually had a reserve. You you could have eaten more, right? I'll put in the quotes, could have eaten more, but you didn't. And this is why we create a morality around like thin, 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 because it's like, oh, okay, I was I was in the black over and over and over. Like it's it's this idea of control and it literally kills people. You know what happens? You know what happens if you try to be at zero every day with your calories? When you try to spend just as much as you earned with food, and then when you try to even go above and beyond that because you're an overachiever, it kills people. There's a, there's a very high risk of death when you do that for an extended period of time. And then we think of that as the gold standard. I want to eat just enough to keep me alive, just enough to keep me alive. Because dead, well, that wouldn't be good, but how close can we get to it? Because that's our beauty standard. Our beauty standard is just enough to stay alive. And that it's better, again, with this idea, this awful societal perpetuated idea of it's better to be dead than to be fat. It's absolutely not okay. So think of in your own life, like how are you treating food like this transaction where you're having to bargain and justify, where you're having to be embarrassed because of times that you cheated, where you feel like you have to make up for all of the ways that you've overspent with your calories, you've overeaten, this constant idea that you're waking up and your one mission in life that day is to just to try to eat as little as possible. And then you can see like how tragic and panicky it gets when we try so hard. It's like, if you think of it in the money sense, like you're trying so hard, you're trying so hard to, to not go into the red, to not spend more than you're earning and you're trying so hard every day and then you go out and spend $20,000 you go out and binge, it's like, how do, you, how do you make up for that? And you didn't even plan on it. You didn't even plan on it. This was something where you told yourself in the morning, I'm never gonna binge again, this is never gonna happen again, and then it happened. You did it. And now you feel out of control. Now you're going and you're spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, AKA thousands and thousands and thousands of calories you're consuming, and you don't even know when it's going to happen. And that turns into absolute panic. So here's the truth. The truth is, is that our human bodies have to eat to be alive. There is no one in this world that can keep living without eating. There is a point where if you don't eat, you will die. That's how our bodies work. Food is not this 
guilty pleasure, this luxury for the thin. Food is an essential part of life. Food fuels your body, fuels your brain. Like you can't walk across the room unless you have food, <laughs> unless you have something that runs your body. That's how our bodies run. And we do not need to earn the right to eat. That is not something that we have to prove ourselves in to earn the right to eat, to earn, to earn the right to enjoy food. Of course you enjoy food. Of course you enjoy food. You're a human being. Food is one of those incredibly natural things that you have inherently enjoyed since the day that you were born. And yes, with disordered eating, you may feel like you hate food and you're terrified of food, but you still enjoy food. You still enjoy eating food. It is something that is a wonderful part of being alive and being human. It is a wonderful pleasure of life and pleasure is not wrong and pleasure is not bad. You don't need to earn the right to eat. You don't need to justify that you like food. It's not zero sum. Your eating doesn't keep someone else from eating. Your eating shouldn't need to keep you from eating tomorrow. There is an abundance where you can have food every single day of your life. But the issue is, is that we get so wrapped up in this habit of thought and these belief systems that make us feel so unjustified and so bad and so unworthy because of the food that we're eating that it actually drives the cravings because of the deprivation and because of you know other patterns that literally teach our body to put on more weight, to drive up cravings, to slow our metabolism, like that the problem gets worse and worse. And it feels like the harder that we try, then the worse that it gets. So I want you to know that you can be absolutely free from this. Even in the society that we live in, even the society that says that being thin is the ultimate standard, the ultimate goal of any woman's life, even within that society, you can be free. You can be at peace. You can be happy. You can be healthy. We're not choosing between health and freedom. It's not like, oh, well, I'm going to be free and then I'll just give myself diabetes and die from that because I'm just going crazy with food. That's not it. It's about having both. It's about having the peaceful and normal relationship with food so that you can wake up in the morning. Food is a non-issue. You eat the food that you want, which supports your health because you don't have all of these artificial cravings to binge on things that you, quote, shouldn't have. So those are gone and you get to enjoy food. You get to enjoy dessert. You get to enjoy salads. You get to enjoy a variety of things and you get to eat when you feel hungry and you actually feel hungry and then you lose interest in food. Here's a big one, you guys, that like it's until you're on the other side of it, it's something you just got to imagine because I know that I thought that it was impossible for the longest time. You eat food and then you lose interest in food because you're satisfied being able to be satisfied with food, satisfied multiple times a day, satisfied to the point and not satisfied because you binged on chocolate or because you're physically in pain, satisfied because you had a meal because now lunch is over, satisfied to the point that you lose interest in food and you don't want to eat. It's unpleasant. 
and then you wait until you're hungry again and then it's pleasant again and you go to bed and you're not calculating anything and you're not bargaining anything and you're not trying to figure out calories and you're not trying to make a plan for food tomorrow and you're not trying to, you know, like figure out how you're going to justify the bad things that you did with food today with the behavior that you're going to do tomorrow and you're not making a plan, you're not looking for the next thing, you're not looking for the next diet. You're just going to sleep. You're just lying in bed, falling asleep. That is what is available to you when you have that freedom. And health comes from that. Not just physical health, but like mental and emotional health. Man, I cannot tell you how many of these phenomenal people that we've worked with, men and women all over the world, that their anxiety, their depression, when they didn't struggle with food anymore, that just like got way better or went away. They're like, oh, I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought there was a chemical imbalance. I thought it was all this trauma in my background. No, it was just your daily torture about food. And mentally and emotionally, like that feeling of unworthiness, that imposter syndrome at the pit of your stomach, like that can go away. Because <laughs> food is an every single day thing. You cannot be abstinent from food. You can't be like, oh, I'm out of control with food. I'll never eat again. Can't say, oh, I'm a food addict. You, you don't take a heroin addict and say, you know what? You should not do heroin anymore, but you will need to just have a little bit of heroin like multiple times a day. But you should not be a heroin addict anymore. Like, <laughs> it doesn't work. So if you are addicted to an extremely addictive drug, yeah, you can just stop doing that drug um, and you can be abstinent from that. None of us are doing that with food, not for very long. We try, right? We call it intermittent fasting. We call it juice cleanse. Um, but at some point you're gonna have to eat. Like trying not to eat is like holding your breath. Like some people can do it longer than other people, but at some point you're gonna breathe. You've got to. You breathe or you die. You eat or you die. It's just as simple as that. And instead of eating in a way that's killing yourself with food, this is about having food be a joy and a pleasure and one of the easiest things in your life. And that is what is available to everyone. It's completely natural, the way that we eat. It's, it's instinctual, it's easy, it's one of those things that only feels hard because we've had this pattern of making it really, really difficult and really, really complex. And please know I'm not, I'm not lightening the issue. I've been there. I've been there. I've been to the place where I thought that I would be thinking about food on my deathbed. Like I would kill myself with food. Like that I would be in physical pain because of how much I'd eaten. That like hurting myself with food and being so just confused about it. And I have a completely normal relationship with food. And so do the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other people that we've helped. Like it's about moving forward and knowing how to fix the problem all the way. You're not creating something new. It's not like you're relearning how to eat or you're like, you know, trying to figure out, you know, uh, what is this mysterious thing that was, was never something that I could do and now I have to figure it out. It's, it's going back home. It's going back to a normalcy. It's getting the distorted, disordered eating and thinking out of the way. And then that normal eating and thinking was there all along. Like it was always there. So it's coming back to it. And that's exactly why we do what we do is to show people how to come back to it 
not just in theory, not just more information. If it was just more information, I would just like say here, I wrote this down, read it, and you'll have more information and then you'll be done. Cool. If that worked, then I would just send you guys all a copy. But the thing is, is that it's not about more information. And so many of our clients and grads have proven this. Like you've got psychologists who are like have their PhDs in the psychology of eating disorders. We have so many personal trainers. We have so many doctors. We have so many nutritionists. We have so many like dietitians, like health coaches, high profile fitness people, like people who like have a career of taking pictures of their abs online. Like those are the people with this like disordered eating that come to us because they know all the things, but it's not stopping them from hurting themselves with food. In that moment, they go out of control with food it's that skill. It's the transformation of knowing how to not do that and then to not want to do that anymore because nothing is as sustainable as doing what you want. And when you don't want to binge anymore, when it's just like, that doesn't even make sense. That's that freedom. That's that freedom. And I want you to know that no matter how broken you feel or what you've been told, you can be free from this. You just need to do it in the way that actually gets you free from it. So the, the first step in that is to get the foundation of freedom. We do that on a breakthrough session. And on a breakthrough session, we get you the foundation of freedom where we look at exactly what's happening, how food is impacting you, what that cycle looks like, and then really what your freedom is on the other side of this. And really for you, that's an individual thing. And once you have that foundation of freedom, like, I mean, we can get you free from this. It's like, that's what we do. Like, that's what we are the experts in. So if this is something that you qualify for, then we can show you how to do that. And if not, then we'll know where to best direct you. But you've got to start with a good foundation. And that foundation to f for freedom is on a breakthrough session. It's a free session. You go to LydiaLifestyle.com slash session. That's LydiaLifestyle.com slash session. Make sure to really guard that time. We have a huge demand for what we do. Um, and so we are just really strict about um, any sort of cancellations or schedules, like schedule and then guard that time from anything else because you deserve that time. You deserve to take that time for yourself. In fact, that's a big step of your freedom is saying like, I am worthy of this time. <laughs> I am worthy of this time for me. I am going to prioritize this, my health, my happiness over these other things on my list because that's important. Everything we do is for your freedom, including having you set aside that time for yourself. Be present. Be ready to take some notes. This will be some of the best time that you've ever spent on fixing this problem, but you've got to be there. Book that breakthrough session. Know that you just have to be you. That's it. There's nothing special you need to do. There's nothing that you have to like prep for or like, you know, make yourself good enough. Just be there and we've got you. So again, this is Lydia, the lifestyle coach and signing off. Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you felt a spark here and want to see how these principles can work in your own life, here is your next step. Pop over to LydiaLifestyle.com slash session. That's LydiaLifestyle.com slash session, where you can book a free session with our team. We'll give you a call and together find clarity on three things. One, the exact cycle you keep getting sucked into. Two, what isn't working with your approach. And three, what's missing to close the gap between food prison and food freedom. We have helped free hundreds of women all over the world from their food struggles. These are proven principles that work, no matter how long you've been stuck. 
This is Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach, signing off. Mwah!